Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who can't tell if the Atlantis Resort is pure camp or top-of-the-line luxury. I'm Hannah Leach, a writer, musician, audio producer, and someone who was always yearning for love on vacation. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and on an island in the sun. We are the sister duo, also known as Tooping Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2001's Holiday in the Sun. Holiday in the Sun, the new home video and soundtrack album from Mary Caden Ashley. Twelve great tracks with a special Mary Caden Ashley version of the hit song Island in the Sun, also featuring the hot new single Us Against the World by Play. Heat up your music collection with Holiday in the Sun in stores now. Okay, video viewers. If you are gazing upon my current setup, you can see I have upgraded my setup into a whole new dimension. I have a boom arm stand for my mic that's pink with a pink wire wrapped around it. And I'm just chilling. It's so, I can't believe it took me this long to do this. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Can't really. Someday, Audrey. My desk isn't even here yet. My, it's coming on like Wednesday, I think. Oh my God. Wait, why? Yeah. Oh, did you order it? Mm-hmm. I sold my last desk because it was never even mine. It was my friend Artemis's. And then she gave uh-huh. it to me and then I just had it. And I was like, there's no reason. When I need a standing desk, there's no reason to be putting a standing desk on this other desk. It was just stupid. Yeah, that's real. How has your life been? How was the storm? How is your apartment? What's the vibe? Like, we sold everything when we left New York. So then you have to get to the place, measure everything, decide what aesthetic you're going for, order Mm -hmm. the thing, and then wait. And everything's kind of slow right now. So, like, we still don't have a couch. We watch TV on the floor. (laughs) Whoa, okay. We don't have, like, anything but it's, I do love decorating. So it's kind of like, I don't want the decorating to be over, mm-hmm. but I also need to sit on a chair. <laughs> and then, yeah, yesterday was a hurricane slash earthquake. So I got love. both in one day. <laughs> that was fun. The, the main thing that I think is so funny that is the difference between the East Coast and or even Ohio and out here is that they just like don't have the infrastructure here for large sums of water or anything. So like it'll be raining and everyone's freaking out. But like if I was in Ohio, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go like drive to Target now. Like there's just nothing concerning about it other than the fact that streets can flood really easily. Our apartment is coming along really, really well. I am like over the moon at the fact that I have my own room. I haven't had my own room in my apartment or house since 2018. 
I can't believe how happy it's making me to have my own little room. It's amazing. The decorating is going really well. Josh is really good at decorating and like organizing shit. I'm borderline like the blundering man of the situation because he's just really good at it. So I'm vibing. I'm really happy to be here and meeting new people and like doing new things. I've wanted it for a really long time and now it's finally happening and I am very pleased. I know that our question for the culture this week was supposed to be a listener Q&A again. However, we're going to get back to that next week because I came up with a question for the culture that I really like. So the question for the culture this week is... The culture is super sick right now. It's actually really bad, period. What makes a good bitchy girl name in a teen movie? We had Brianna in this movie for Megan Fox's character. And I was like, that is such like a bitchy mean girl name. Why is there always like a certain something to those names? Like I wanna, I wanna write a bunch of them down and see what I can find. So they mostly like end with they like have a vowel at the end. Right. So do you see the little list here? Yeah. Okay. So Audrey, do you wanna read us through just some examples here? There's Carla. That's another Megan Fox character. Mm-hmm. Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Celia, Aquamarine, Regina, Mean Girls, Lana, Princess Diaries, Tina, Harwood. Who's that? That's, that's the mean ice skating coach from Ice Princess. Oh, that doesn't count because she's old. I feel like they need to be I mean, teens. I know, but like it was just funny going through the movies because it technically fits. Um, Shelby, Cinderella Story, Kate, Lizzie McGuire. So those were kind of outliers, I thought. But I think in general, the ending with the uh is just, it gives a lot of room to be like, to drag it out, I guess. I don't know, but I thought that that was interesting. Well, I think there is like a psychology behind it. Like a more feminine name, a more, maybe a slightly babyish name. Like, yeah. And then on top of that, there's just like, how would I explain it? Like kind of like the socioeconomic statistics of why this girl would yeah. be named what she's named. Like yeah. Ashley or something like that, where it's like, well, statistically, the odds are Ashley's going to be white and Ashley's going to come from this sort of family and Ashley's yeah. going to, you know. Yeah. So it's like, then it becomes, it like transfers itself into media where everybody will just pick, like, that kind of name. It's like Becky, kind of. (laughs) I also was considering looking up, like, most common girl names from 2000. In 2000, the most popular girl names, top 10. Emily, number two, Hannah. (laughs) Three, Madison. Four, Ashley. Five, Sarah. Six, Alexis. Seven, Samantha. Eight, Jessica. Nine, Elizabeth. Ten, Taylor. Let me see if Audrey's even on this list. Girl, it's not even on this list. I can't believe, I can't believe the double standard within the way we were named. Like, are you freaking kidding me? I think the current babies, there's a lot of Audrey's. Oh my God, let's see what they are now. Okay, I just found ranked and Olivia is number one. Hannah is still in the top. Hannah is 73 and Audrey is 93. I just find that to be interesting. Okay, 
So now that we've dissected mean girl names of the canon that we cover. Oh, well, wait, one last question though. This is a huge thing. Now, I neither of us have mean girl names. I think, you know, they could be, but it would be more in the Kate Shelby category. Like they yes. could be mean girl names. But if you are named a mean girl name, are you destined to fulfill <laughs> that fate? Is your or is it predestined? Right. Kind of. I think a little bit. What do you think of like a mean girl name? Like from your life like not like name a mean girl but like I know what my mean girl name is yeah and it's perfect I I I honestly think you might have just chosen her because she was pretty popular and had a mean girl name are we thinking of the same name from elementary school no I've had no I've had so many al girl name complicated ass relationships like anything with an al just makes me nervous. You've been Pavlovian trained. That's all that <laughs> is. Am. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. Island in the Sun was released straight to video on November 20th, 2001. They say it's rated G on Common Sense Media, but I'm sure it was not actually rated. We have three synopses. One of them is quite significant and the other two are really short. Okay, so the IMDb synopsis. CEO Harrison Stewart treats his family to a holiday on the Bahamas in a Mayan-themed luxury (laughs) resort with his devoted workaholic executive, Ziggy Grayson, (laughs) and his brilliant but shy son, Griffin, who is secretly smitten with Madison Stewart. Hearing she has a crush on simpleton beach hunk Chad, Griffin (laughs) sweetly accepts to be his... Cyrano, which actually ends up proving their incompatibility. Meanwhile, that's like a reference. Why would they put that in? Right. Like a Shakespearean reference or something. (laughs) Meanwhile, her twin sister Madison enjoys an affair with sea life (laughs) keeper Jordan Landers, but spoiled silver spoon Brianna wants him too and sabotages them. When Jordan is blamed for allegedly fen fencing stolen (laughs) antiquities griffin and the twins dodge their meanwhile suspicious parents to find and expose the real culprit that synopsis makes it sound so much more sensical than it actually is i also love how they frame it as like you don't know any of their names. CEO Harrison Stewart with his <laughs> devoted workaholic executive Ziggy Grayson. How do they even know that? Like, I have no idea. Also, Sea Life Keeper Jordan Landers. Where are these last names coming from? Next. Okay. Letterboxd. Sisters Alex and Madison are whisked away to the Bahamas for winter break, but soon find themselves crossing paths with a man smuggling stolen artifacts. Uh, yep. Just a man. Just and a guy. And finally, Rotten Tomatoes, teenage twin sisters, Mary-Kate Olsen, Ashley Olsen, try to stop a group of anti- antique smugglers in the Bahamas. The smugglers are antique. <laughs> They're right. They have a nice uh, wear to them. Taglines. Um, These are not real. The first one is filmed at the Bahamas. And there was an Atlantis endorsement on the cover, which is obviously something that we are going to be talking about in depth. Yes. Because is it just really an ad? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I loved every moment of it in terms of being sold to. But again, we will come back to that. So it was directed by Stephen Purcell, who 
very much is like booked and blessed as an editor, as I saw on his IMDb, but just like some notable credits. He edited Jagged Little Pill Live. He also directed Paula Abdul workout tapes and a lot of different workout tapes and went in Rome and getting there. So he was in the Mary-Kate and Ashley verse, but also in a lot of weird like direct-to-video offerings. The screenplay was written by Brent Goldberg and David Wagner, who collaborated on The Girl Next Door, National Lampoon's Van Wilder, Crimson Tide, and Underclassmen. Then I had to include the director of photography, David Lewis, just because, as we will discuss, the visual experience of this movie is very unsettling and bizarre. He is best known for his work on Pee-wee's Playhouse, which makes so much sense, as well as Win in Rome, Winning London, Getting There, and Our Lips Are Sealed, which reminds me of when we were coming up with show titles and Our Lips Aren't Sealed was one of our (laughs) contenders. And then for the cast, of course, we have Mary Kay and Ashley playing Madison and Alex, respectively, which leads me to just a thought, which is like, they just picked nice girl names for them every single time. Mm -hmm. It did not matter what their names were. I don't get why they didn't just go by Mary-Kate and Ashley. They even have the M and the A in this situation, but whatever. Then we have Austin Nichols as Griffin. And to be honest, I was ready to like not give any of these boys any flowers. But then I looked at his IMDb and he was in The Day After Tomorrow, Glory Road, like 27 episodes of The Walking Dead and John from Cincinnati, Holiday in the Sun. It was technically his film debut. If we're really going to call this a film... It's very much a video. Next, we have Ben Easter as Jordan. He was in Zine on Z3. We have Billy Aaron Brown as Scott. Um, The very first trailer on his IMDb is brought to us by uh, Gravitas Ventures, which I thought was funny. Audrey interned there. there. Yeah. And he was on Eight Simple Rules and in Jeepers Creepers 2. And then who could forget... Megan Fox as Brianna, the mean girl. This was also her quote-unquote film debut. And she's being a mean girl, obviously. The meanest. That soundbite of her I've seen um, like all over TikTok and stuff. That one line where she goes, and I want Jordan. Yes, (laughs) I wrote that down. I get what I want. And this winter break, I want Jordan. I wrote that down. The nasalness is unparalleled. Budget? We're not going to know that information because Dual Star is not trying to tell us anything. They are the most (laughs) for-profit film company that ever existed, and I support it because they kind of cheated the system. Yes, they did. They were the independent filmmaker um, operating at, like, studio level. And, like, those girls were going to be in control of the movies they were in. And it seemed like yeah, they were pretty easy way. and fun. They got to travel the world through yeah. their movies. That's kind of genius, actually. Okay, so critic and audience opinions. There's no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes because of the nature of this movie. There's no critic consensus. And there's only one written-out critic review. Steve Rhodes said this, As a travelogue, as a video aquarium, and most of all, as a film for young preteen girls, 
the movie succeeds. <laughs> Thank you so much for the respect, finally, Mr. Rhodes. I know. We've got a non- <laughs> Like, rude review from a man. I know. come on. I know. He just lays it out. He's like, most of all, as a film for young (laughs) preteen girls. Like, thank you so much. Okay, but then, in terms of critical opinion, Common Sense Media comes in guns blazing. And I'm just going to read this entire thing because... We don't have many other critic opinions. We have no other critic opinions, so I'm just going to take us there. Common Sense Media says that... Holiday in the Sun is appropriate for ages seven and up. And their little super summed up review is Olsen twins save artifacts in dopey vacation movie. This is what parents need to know about Holiday in the Sun. Holiday in the Sun is a 2001 Olsen Twins movie in which the sisters act boy crazy while they attempt to stop smugglers of ancient artifacts during their vacation in the Bahamas. There is some brief kissing between the teens and a focus on bikini bodies as well as consumerism. The Atlantis Hotel in the Bahamas, where the movie appears to have been shot, is repeatedly mentioned, and we frequently see lush views of the hotel's distinctive profile. This muddled, brain-numbing title is one of the worst in the series for diehard fans only. And then this is their review. As if that wasn't already opinionated enough... Holiday in the Sun doesn't even meet the qualifications for dreadful. Parents should worry that their children's brains may shrivel at the merest exposure to this movie. Attempts at artsy photography provide the movie's most inadvertently comic moments and the twins' habit of speaking knowingly to the camera as if sharing intimacies and private jokes with the audience is both ineffective and smarmy. There's a know-it-all quality to the Olsen's collective presence that also rankles as it (laughs) displays an obliviousness to the triviality of the interests and values of the characters they play. Olsen twin movies purport to value education, but the plots generally revolve around targeting cute boys and having as much mindless fun as possible in expensive to get to places. (laughs) Glaringly absent from their unblemished universe is any sign of the kind of teens for whom a Bahamas vacation would be an unaffordable luxury. (laughs) Like, they went in on that review. It's also so funny. I love um, the sentence about purporting to value education, but uh, valorizing hard to get to places is amazing. It's the best. It's probably the best scathing review that I've read from a critic in In a while. In In a while. In memory. Absolutely. And then just a few last little things here. Families can talk about the movie's premise. Is it supposed to be believable? Why or why not? Why do some countries have laws that prohibit ancient artifacts from being taken across their borders? Do you think this is a good idea? (laughs) Why are Olsen twins movies still popular? What is the appeal of these sisters? Oh, man. So rude. Audience score, 55%. Letterboxd average star rating, 2.7 stars. Ooh, okay. Audience Mm -hmm. opinions. I cannot believe this has a post-credit scene, which is literally just the shots of Mary-Kate and Ashley kissing boys from earlier in the film. I just booked a trip to Atlantis Paradise Island in the Bahamas. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Movies don't need to be technically good. (laughs) That's the thesis of our show. Yeah. These two girls really living their best life, huh? I wish my summer was exactly like this. 
Men only want smuggled antiquities and it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then, so for cultural context, <laughs> if applicable, I just wanted to look up how much it would cost to take this trip. So I looked up for a week-long vacation in Atlantis in the fanciest hotel with two adults and two 15-year-olds from December 26th to January 1st, which is like presumably when they're there. It's winter break. Let's say there's two suites. They say there's two suites. It would be $28,000, not including food or airfare. Wow. We're definitely going to end up talking about the wealth level being addressed or not addressed in the movie, especially because they fly private on the way there and don't even acknowledge that either. <laughs> so our friend Chris, you know, GBF Chris, who's been on the pod a few times now. Yes. We asked him to speak on Atlantis because he has been there more than once. And so yes. he kind of knows like the child view of it and an adult view of it. Like I think he first yeah. went maybe as a teen. I don't know. Yeah. So here's like an <laughs> edited down version of Chris's <laughs> opinion on Atlantis. The Atlantis, it's it's interesting so it's like obviously in the Bahamas on, on Nassau, which is like the biggest island in the Bahamas. It's like a separate island away from Nassau Island. And you get over it by like, yeah, they take the ferry or there's like this really weird, like it looks like a highway, but it's just complete over the water. You go like up and then down and, and you're there. And like the whole thing about it is like, it's not just like one hotel or like one resort it's like several and they're like all you can like walk to all of them um along the way the main one the ones that everyone's like probably familiar with is the royal towers which is like the two towers with like the one really expensive suite like connecting it that's like three hundred thousand dollars a night or some stupid shit like that there's like the cove which is actually like super luxe like like super rich and affluent like and there's like no kids allowed there we always stayed at harborside which kind of looks like a like a Myrtle Beach like gated complex if that makes sense where it's like a bunch of like colorful like at max like four story like complexes and you just like walk in between them like obviously there are parts that are for kids and that's like where the Royal Towers is but even then there's just like really nice pools and you're right near the beach like I think the best part about it is if you go in the summer you can like step out of the pool and like not have to get a towel because it's like so hot and so humid um, so you like stay warm outside of the water, which is kind of insane. But like inside, like you can walk between all the buildings and there's like a cute little like downtown thing, a la like downtown Disney and in, in Disney World. But it's like all like Atlantis Lost Empire themed. And so like the casino, it's like l very like aquatic, like aesthetic, like think um, your grandma who lives in Florida's like condo, but like way more opulent. And like, that is kind of how it is. And instead of having like pastel colors, it's like all like gold and bronze. Um, that's like the best way I can describe it. There is a really cool aquarium there as well. You're kind of like in like a trench almost like it's really like dark and misty, almost like a dungeon. And it has a bunch of different like, um, exhibits for aquatic life. So it's really cool. I'm sure you were expecting me to be like ripping this apart, being like, oh my God, like it's so stupid and it's so like over the top. But it was actually like a very, almost, I don't want to say wholesome, but like they really did the damn thing and they like knew what they were doing when they made it. Because like the last time I went was like 2019 and we'd gone there like several times and like I would never get sick of it because it's just like great weather and great pool life. And the food's pretty good too. So yeah. 
I mean, this is very much in the memories category at this point. Our parents went to Atlantis when we, and we didn't go. It was like their trip. They went but without us. <laughs> when they came back and I saw the pictures, I was like, the fact that you went to a place that had that cool of a water slide and didn't take us <laughs> yeah. is like a statement. I know. I forgot about that. Yeah. That they went. And then after the fact, we were like, that seemed kind of cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess you can just leave us here. You know, well, that actually relates to the movie. As far as the movie itself, Aaron and Julia had it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. But I don't know if we ever watched it. Well, the one that I remember watching at their house that we didn't have is an Australia one, right? Oh, that's Our Lips Are Sealed. Yeah. So that's the one that I kind of remember more, but I know they did have it because I remember seeing it. Yeah. I think that they were bigger Mary-Kate and Ashley people than we were. Well, no. Or just, they had different, they had different Mary Kate and Ashley. They just had older Mary Kate and Ashley. We had like 12 year old Mary Kate and Ashley, 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the like 14, 15, 16. (laughs) It actually did hit, like, different people have different ages, just depending on what they owned. Like, Hunter only had the ones when they were really little, when they did the mystery. Um, the uh-huh. mystery solving videos. So that's where his yeah. nostalgia ends is there. And then like, it oh. just depends on what era you watched them. in. Do you have any um, like vacation memories that you want to share? Did it bring up anything for you in terms of vacation vibes? The time when we went to the Dominican Republic in 2017 and we woke up and our floor was covered with water because (laughs) the condensation, there was some like condensation type issue because it was super hot out, but the AC was blasting. I don't really know what happened there, but I I forgot about that. Had put my laptop on the ground and like, uh-huh. It survived. Like, I kind of forget what happened there, but it was, that was notable. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember that. That was so weird. It was like we put our feet down and it was like it squish. Was wet. It was like wet. It was yeah. wet. When you're a teenager on vacation with your parents, but you like want to seem like a cool, independent adult. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like kind of excruciating. But looking back at it, it's like, why? You have your whole life to be to an independent adult. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you just can't, you can't recognize it at the time. I know. Like how much of a gift, such an insane gift it is to be brought all expenses paid on a vacation. It's a massive gift. Yeah. It's because like relaxing isn't enticing when you don't have a job and you're like 14. <laughs> like, like I'm like, that is so true. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to relax. Like I'd rather like go get into some action or something. <laughs> like, Yeah. Or like you, I need to find a slightly inappropriate crush now. Yeah, That's how I felt. It's at least. just not like, like I need to go zone out for a week. Yeah, especially if you, like, can't have a little glass of Chardonnay. You know what I'm saying? 
That reminds me of when we went to Florida my senior year of high school and like Cameron, my good friend and I, were like just entering the zone of like wanting to be drinking. Yeah. And we like snuck downstairs in the condo we were staying at and found a bottle of like peach schnapps and had like two tiny sips of it. And we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. (laughs) We were not drunk in any way. All we did on that trip was play spoons and it was fantastic. Bringing friends on vacation is like another level on top of the gratefulness. Like it really should just be a whole new level. It's so nice that like any parent would be like, you can bring a friend. Like it's costly. I know. I know. There's also like some White Lotus vibes to it. Yes. This movie has proto White Lotus vibes also. Mm-hmm. We have to get into the contents of this movie because it is nuts. I'm so excited to talk about it. Audrey found a link to this movie on the internet for free. Yeah. It, for some reason, it's available nowhere, but you can pay $15 to view it on Apple TV, or you can just go find it. Just just search yeah. Holiday in the Sun free, and it'll be like the third link. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Go give it a watch. You will not regret it. And meet us back here for a lively discussion. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Welcome back, vacationers. It's time to talk about Holiday in the Sun from 2001, starring Mary-Kate and Ashley, produced by Dual Star, a.k.a. Their Empire. Should we start with the good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, with this one, a lot of the good is also just, you know, it's not inherently good, but it's good in this situation. (laughs) Yes. It's not... It's just funny or it's like, I appreciate. Yeah. Or like enjoyable. How, yeah. Enjoyable. As Aquamarine stands, we have to do our due diligence and just mm-hmm. recognize the consistent usage of Weezer's Island in the Sun. Before I started watching the movie, because the movie is called Holiday in the Sun, I was singing Island in the Sun to myself for like hours beforehand. And then when I started the movie, I was like, well, there it is. Island in the Sun. Krispy Kreme donuts. Yes. In the same scene, basically. Yep. That's what more could I want? I was I was getting angry that we didn't own this one because I was like, this is my <laughs> this is speaking my language, like more yeah. than Bill uh switching goals. Like switching goals was not on brand <laughs> for us at all. This one was way more up our alley, I would say. Yeah, way more. Um, by the way, your shirt is giving <laughs> 
What's that guy's oh, name? Jerry? No. No, Willard. Willard. I do look like Willard, 100%. I'm like, go Vultures. Wait, is that what they're called? Buzzer, buzzards. Buzzards, damn it. Like, I just want the kids to have a good time. I need to be balding. Uh, yes, I didn't acknowledge that I'm wearing like a vacation dad button down. It's actually Josh's and it's really soft and I'm deliberating continuing to wear it after this because I'm really enjoying it. You didn't even acknowledge your shades. I don't need, at this point, do I need to? I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I, it's just for the video <laughs> viewer. Just know if you're not watching this that... You're only getting half the story. I look really cool right now. (laughs) Something I was thinking about while watching this is just like the sheer number of actors and actresses that have portrayed Mary-Kate and Ashley's parents over the years. That occurred to me too. Like they've called so many people mom and dad in their life. It's Mm -hmm. kind of astounding. Yep. But who are your favorite parents? If you had to pick. You already know who my favorite dad is. Yeah, yeah. The the billboard dad dad Max is your Tyler's favorite dad. Knockoff. Yeah. No, 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 knockoff. Yes. Yeah. Max Tyler is definitely favorite, my favorite dad. Yeah. Oh, I kind of forget the mom in Passport to Paris. Oh no, I remember. I remember. I remember. Oh no. She says, she goes, Where's the fire? <laughs> and I yeah. never understood what that meant. I didn't yeah. know what that meant as a kid. So I was like, what is this lady saying? Like, You're like, I don't know. This? Where is the fire? <laughs> yeah. She's always like, the girls need to learn that life is more than like And shopping. a trip to the mall. That's yeah. call waiting and a trip to the mall. Okay. I was thinking about this while watching this movie. I feel like that is a chicken or the egg situation. It's like, are they creating the going to the mall and loving boys trope or are they commenting on it? Yeah. Does it matter? I feel like they were kind of making it up. And every movie has like a different stance on it. Like they never like landed on, are we for this mentality for teen girls or are we against it? Or is it just, it is what it is. Mary-Kate and Ashley, they must love a a shopping trip so much and so deeply because there is no other reason that they would be doing these home video style shopping montages in every movie. Is Is it to like encourage the purchase of their own merchandise? Probably, probably. Like it's like you associate a shopping trip with Mary-Kate and Ashley. And then when you see a Mary-Kate and Ashley product in a store, you you would be like more excited about it. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like that's gotta be it. That's some genius. That's some genius there. But none of the moms, except for the pretty annoying mom and switching goals get much uh, airtime. Airtime, yeah. So I'm gonna say mother figure. It's gotta be Brigitte in Passport yeah. to Paris. Although I think the mom gets more time than usual in this movie because there is like an actual discussion between her and the other mom about how she should be approaching the parenting of the 15 year olds. I know, but it feels weird. Well, it, it, I think this is my theory about why this entire movie feels really weird on top of all the obvious reasons is I'm pretty sure it's like 85% 80 yard. Yes, I noticed that too. 
which if, if you don't know, we've talked about ADR a lot, but it's when your production sound is so shitty on the day that in post-production, they'll bring the actors back in and have them lip sync to their own mouths and say their lines again and to get, to get a clean take. Usually when you shoot on a beach or in a, in a natural environment that has sounds that you cannot minimize, the scene will become ADR. So yeah. this movie has a lot of that. That really, yeah, the I Want Jordan especially. <laughs> you can really tell. It's so loud. Yeah. Did you notice that at a certain point, the plot of this movie kind of became High School Musical too, in a sense? Yes, yes. There were some moments for sure. Yeah. Just like it would be like Megan Fox versus Olsen Twin, Sharpay versus Gabriella. Yes, yes. This whole thing of like constantly getting caught. Like yeah. why are they constantly, like who are these hotel cops? Like what's I going know. on? Well, there's also like zero, like they don't get in trouble with their parents. Like no one is holding these girlies to account until- yeah. They're thrown in jail at the end, which it gets so serious. It gets, it gets really so serious. Serious. It the gets color so grading. Serious. I know. The, co- <laughs> the color grading whenever they're in the like hotel jail is hilarious. Yeah. It's I actually kind of love it. And also they would sometimes randomly decide to go handheld, shoot it like run and gun documentary style. Yeah. And I kind of loved it. Yeah. What did you think of the constant slant of every single shot? It was so funny. Like, why are we using a Dutch angle for, there is no, um, there's nothing off-putting going on here. It's definitely not ominous. It's just, (laughs) I don't really know, but it's like they went into it with a, what's the term? Like everything in the, what's the kitchen sink? (laughs) <laughs> oh, everything but the kitchen sink? Yeah, they went, they threw everything at it. They literally just tried everything and it's yeah. so funny and then kept it. I really noticed it when there was that scene where the girls are like laying on the beach and they like show it from like kind of far away yeah. and the beach is just like angled. I'm like, nothing <laughs> is happening. Like, they're just chilling. Listen, it's, I'd be, you know, potentially bored too doing movies like that because the dialogue is so bad like there's nothing nothing really amazing going on so play with the shots because it does make it a lot more interesting yeah but they just like approached it with like a music video mentality that also reminds me speaking of music videos when they're like in the club which first of all i love that they're like (laughs) pineapple smoothies like they talk about smoothies so damn much in the movies (laughs) (laughs) this place is off the hook I know. And then later when they're like, plans for today, beach, smoothie, beach. Like, I'm like, fuck, like, I want to be doing that. Anyway, when they're in the teen club and on stage. Play. Play is there singing. Like, there's no Us against the world. Yeah, us against the world. I was like, is that actually them? And it is actually them. It is. They also look like they're like 13. At first, I was like, wow, this song that they wrote goes off for this movie. And then, like, 40 seconds later, I was like, oh, right, I know this song. That's why. And the soundtrack as a whole. It's good. It's pretty dang good. But also, it's like a lot of repeaters. But also from other movies. Mm -hmm. Like, One Girl Revolution. I loved when 
Mary-Kate or Ashley was feeding the animal and she's like, it's sucking on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought that was really funny. Also, I appreciated that speaking of sober child vacations, how they had to like shoehorn in all of the drinking of alcohol moments in with the parents. Also the moment where they were like implying that their parents were going to go have sex. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know. (laughs) I wrote that down. I was like, they always find a way in Mary-Kate and Ashley movies for the parents to like actually be, like actually have sexual tension and stuff. I know. Like the adults. Yes. This is a lot. This scene threw me for a loop and I was like <laughs> actually laughing when the twins and their mom are at the table and they're discussing the semantics of you can have your cake and eat <laughs> yeah. it too. They talk about it for like 45 seconds, if not yeah. more. I'm, I'm not even sure that her argument checked out. No. It was weird. I totally agree. And then there was kind of one later, too. They tried to make the banter between the twins be about, like, semantics. And I thought that was... Weird. Weird. Because it just doesn't feel natural. Not Nothing feels natural coming out of their mouths. Yes. So, I don't know how you feel about this, but this is sort of like a broad topic with Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. As they got older, it became more and more about love interests, and their movies became more and more about them being fake arrested with their love interests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they literally get arrested every time. Yeah. And instead, like this, oh my God, this is reminding me of New York Minute. Okay. When I was like, this isn't what we want to see them do. Yeah. Like, why are we watching <laughs> that? I don't give a shit about this B plot. Like, yeah. And also, why would this be the B-plot even? Like, they never have a good enough conflict to just keep the B-plot not related to, like, crimes or, like, <laughs> um, like, like Max Tyler's knockoffs. Like, yeah. every movie, the A-plot is, like, which boy do we like? And the B-plot is... <laughs> There's a crime. <laughs> or remember in Passport to Paris where it's like international diplomacy and like the yeah. water system or something? Yes. The aqueducts. The aqueducts. Well, okay. I think that perhaps the reason why that happens is like, as that um, common sense media reviewer said, there has to be some level of education to it. Learning about like <laughs> imperialism and stealing artifacts of nations of color worth knowing about but do they really get into it enough I don't know no like it's like yeah I mean that is the reason that's why they're always bringing in this beat but the thing is like and they'll just drop in like Emily Dickinson and like Judy Bloom and Flubber fucking Flubber yeah I really had a good time watching it like me too. I know I'm jumping ahead by saying that, but like I sat here with my new little setup with my monitor here. I just sat here so contently watching the movie. It's just very entertaining. Okay, but before we move on to like the next categories, we have to just talk about the lines, the two lines. Has anyone ever told you I that, <laughs> that I am going to kiss you? Has anyone ever told you that I am going to kiss you? What has anyone ever told you 
that I am going <laughs> to kiss you. Like, that would mean that somebody else told her that like, she was going to kiss her. Someone else was prophesizing that. Like, in the future, <laughs> this guy is going to kiss you. Also... A uh, close second for me is when the, it's with the other twin and the guy's like, you know how some people have hobbies? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, you're my hobby. <laughs> I was like, oh. The guys get to say some incredible lines in this movie, mm-hmm. which is not normally really a thing. <laughs> also, I have to say, speaking of the guys, when the one guy is like left in jail to rot while the other ones break out and every time they go <laughs> back to him, he's like, he's like, Outing. <laughs> I loved that too. And I actually really was having a hard time differentiating. They do, they don't even look that similar. No. The boys, I mean. No. Um, yeah, I but know. I was having a really hard time differentiating which boy was which. I could only tell you about the two different relationships, not about yeah. the people involved. Because are were there not three boys? Yes, there was. There was smuggler, dumb guy, and son <laughs> of the friend. Family, a family friend. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> a, what do they say in the review? Like numbskulled surfer guy or something. Yeah. There's dumb surfer, son, and smuggler. So who's the guy that ends up with no one? Dumb guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Thank God. It's just really funny how like, I kind of love it, actually. Like, the, the, all Mary-Kate and Ashley do, like, Mar- Mary-Kate and Ashley hardly pass the Bechdel test themselves. Yeah. In the movie. But they are portrayed to be smarter than all the guys. That is true. Take it for what it's worth. At like, least there's that. I don't know. Okay. Going into bad, I feel like problematic might mix in with those two things. But I think the thing... That, like, why are their love interests so old-seeming? Yeah. Like, the guy who was uh, the smuggler-slash-animal caretaker, I was like, is he he's employed here? Which means he has to be, like, 18, probably. Probably. It's like, could this— He doesn't talk about it being, like, a fun summer job. Also, he's, like, white and in the Bahamas work. Just there's a lot of questions. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about the racial elements of this movie yet either. Holy moly, we'll have to wait on that one. And right off the bat, right at the beginning, when they climb onto the wait, even before that, when they're sitting in that classroom, yep. that was the weirdest. I know because they like their teacher is literally speaking, and then and then one of the twins is like. Okay, so now we're gonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking? Why are you like screaming in the middle of your well, class? And they're immediately just like, are you thinking about boys? <laughs> yeah. Are you dreaming what I was dreaming? Winter break in Hawaii? Hanging out with like the cutest guys in the world? <laughs> and then um, they get, they hop onto the private jet and they're like, okay, where are we going, dad? And then the dad's like, the Bahamas. And they're like, fuck the Bahamas. We're not going. <laughs> yeah. They're like, can't we go to Hawaii to hook up with our friends? Literally hook yeah, up with like, our uh-huh. friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're complaining. Like, they're un- immediately ungrateful. And the movie has nothing. It, it doesn't really have to do with them being grateful. Like, they don't they don't necessarily get humbled. No. they o- The only thing that they get shamed or humbled for is, like, breaking curfew more than once and, like, but stuff they like don't, that. 
even get really shamed or no. held. They get like well, a... They, they come in with the energy of like, these girls are going to prison, but then there is no actual punishment. No. But like the tone of the music and the color grading is yep. like, they, their heads are on the chopping block. Like they're in and the slammer all that, for real. Yeah. All that happens is they go into their hotel room and the parents are like, now we should just stick together on this vacation. <laughs> yep. Like, they should be getting their asses sent home or something, but that's not yeah. what happens. Probably because the parents are too busy, like, getting lit with their friends. They don't want to leave Yeah, either. which kind of hilarious. Well, the, the only reason that all that stuff is shoehorned in with the parents is because they needed to demonstrate the yep. features of Atlantis yep. for this this brand deal. Wait, also, remember when the dads like <laughs> slid down the slide and then it was all those like weirdly sexual shots of like the babes yeah. getting out of the pool in bikinis? Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know, blending art and commerce is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we've seen them do it in more graceful ways before, I would say. Did you have any question as to why the smuggler guy i think it was the smuggler smuggler guy was performing the entirety of that song <laughs> like no. when when he played for them and oh. he was like on stage yes. he they literally played the entire song like yep. there was no cuts nope there i was into it honestly because it was just it was a weird fun, montage but I was like, if any of you are euphoria watchers it was reminding me of this moment last season where um, Dominic Fike's character starts playing a song in an episode and like legit plays for like four minutes. Oh my god. And it's just like straight through. And everyone's reaction was like, why is he taking up the entire episode playing yeah. this song? <laughs> there was this one shot when family friend dude is watching one of the twins with the other guy, dumb guy. And it literally looked like Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, it looks like that scene where Elio's watching Army Hammer's right. character dance with that girl. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Say. That was so funny. I, I got to tweet that, like, cinematic parallels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think about uh, the artistic choice of having Mary-Kate, I don't fucking know, having one of those girls reflected in the eyeball of the sun? Amazing. Okay. Uh, the black and white close-ups of their I faces. <laughs> I know. So weird. It was so good. At some point in this movie, I was wondering if it was going to become about the girls biting off more than they can chew and having to ask their parents to help them. Mm-hmm. That would make sense with the theme. Yeah, with the theme and like the ditching the parents thing. I was like, oh, this will probably end up being like a cute little family thing. Absolutely not. That is not no. what happened. <laughs> this is not what happened. Pretty much the opposite. Um, but it's true. I mean, that's what they're setting up to be the learning lesson. Yeah. And then it's the learning lesson. Not <laughs> Do you think that the parents ditched the kids like in a advertising way, like, so adults could be like, we could ditch our kids and they can be safe running around to pools, getting into, yeah. getting in with smugglers also. Well, I think it's less that and more just that they 
couldn't portray Mary Kate and Ashley doing certain activities. Yeah. Because they children wouldn't be allowed to do them in real yeah. life. So I think that is probably but that's like the effect of it is that it what they are literally are portraying is parents ditching their children. Right. <laughs> Which now I feel like this plot would not pass, um, would not pass the Atlantis Resort marketing, you know, no, like team. Definitely because not. they are portraying like usually. I feel like usually resorts, like speaking to the White Lotus, they try to mask and kind of band aid over the real culture of the area. Yeah, or anything real. And obviously nothing in this movie is actually authentic in any sense. But the fact that they even included that is kind of interesting. Like, I don't think that a company today would allow that to be a subplot. I also have to wonder, like, you really could not get a bigger collab in 2001 than Mary-Kate and Ashley. So they were probably like... I'm wondering who really had the upper hand. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's interesting to think about who actually would be the boss. I get, okay, before we get into the real heavy stuff, I also just want to say, I mean, not that anything is that heavy, but um, just the, the propaganda for teenage horniness in this movie is really significant. And, I was like straight up almost like concerned with the amount that they were focusing on it because I'm like, adults, like their own family are facilitating all of this and you have to presume they're okay with it in some sense, but they are minors. So they can't actually make that call. Yeah. Like they can't actually legally say, you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. so, cause I, I, you know how Alison Stoner is releasing those yes. episodes about child star. Um, I watched one of them that was about like, bodily autonomy mm-hmm. and it was it was super interesting and well well researched and well made and it's so true like even if you are wanting to work as a minor and you are not processing any of this as quote trauma because uh-huh. you want to be there and you don't want to be difficult etc you agree to things that you would not have in retrospect yeah and so that's something that Allison Stoner like went through she was like yeah I wanted to be a good actor and I wanted to be easy to work with so I had my first kisses on camera and now I like wish that that hadn't happened yeah and you can't know that as a child because you think you're the oldest you've ever been and you think that you're mature and stuff yeah right um so I just was thinking about that watching them like navigate because they literally put minors in the position of a studio head yeah which is like extremely girl boss but <laughs> not like ethical <laughs> like it's yeah, not it's a lot it's of responsibility actually okay to do <laughs> so I'm glad they've been able to like transform and hi, you know they're like out of the public eye now so yeah that's good but dang like I understand why they'd never want to be perceived yeah like I don't know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, this is fun and everything. But when you think about like the real life implications of all of this, it's just kind of scary. I don't know. Yeah. The actual core of this movie is that Mary-Kate and Ashley are single-handedly debunking imperialism, (laughs) it turns out, and preventing 
cultural theft. I love that they somehow are like the white tourists in the Bahamas that are also going to somehow be the white people saving the natives' artifacts. I know that Mm -hmm. like that was obviously not thought of that deeply at the time, but it's just like there are zero black people characters except for like that one guy, guy. (laughs) which it doesn't count. And then it's just like really jarring the way that all of these like native black people are used as the cops later like they're kind of the they're like the threat to the girls Mm. because they're cops but they're also defending their own like stuff yeah and it's they're not actually there to arrest Mary Kate and Ashley. Like no. that's not their goal. They're just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. With the items. Um the items. Yeah. It's just, my brain had to check out at that point. I was Honestly, like, okay. me too. I was like at that point, I was literally sitting here playing Zelda and listening and looking up occasionally because yeah. I was like when they were running around for that long, I was like, yeah, it was so boring. It got boring. Let's just there. Like if I could go back in time and whisper in their ear, (laughs) whoever wrote this, I'd be like, there are other ways to put educational elements into your film. Like so many. Yeah. There's, There's endless ways and you could do it without any sort of sketchy cultural aspects to it. Like, because the A plot is always just like white girls doing their white girl thing. Yeah. And then the, like the B plot will just completely depart from that. And mm-hmm. I would venture to say that there's a way to infuse educational aspects without making them cross over cultural lines, if that makes yeah. sense. So like without yeah. making them like talk and talk about and be involved with things that they wouldn't and they just aren't or that like Like, require way more context than they're able to give yeah 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 Yeah. or make it about like the employees at the um at the resort being like underpaid or something like that something that's a little bit less complicated and we can have like a Worker strike moment not that that would ever work oh my god that's bringing me back to um samantha yes Good times. Yeah, and and that always, you know, it never feels particularly well done, but they are children's movies. Yeah. I would say that this is the most tickled I have been watching a movie for this show in a while. Yeah, me too. It's got that old, weird Mary-Kate and Ashley thing to it. It's got that unchecked creative control that was clearly rushed through. Oh my god! And the end, like they break the fourth oh, yeah. wall at the end. That was and weird. They, I was like, my jaw was literally dropped. Yeah. I was like, what? Because the movie ends and then they come back up and it's like everyone wrapping up on set and then Mary yeah. Kate and Ashley go back to their little room and they like spin a globe or some shit. Yeah, they're they're like, like, so where should we go next? Because yeah. they're like. Definitely just introducing a series here. Yeah. I At first I was like, this is so bizarre. And then I kind of loved it. I like it too. Are we not going to comment on the character of Brianna or whatever? Honestly, she's barely in it. 
It's dumb. They should have cut her. Because they just needed, like, an antagonistic girl for some reason. But they really Um, didn't. They didn't. Also, we didn't talk about the fact that the name of the main smuggler man is Champlain for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) That really amused me. (laughs) I like that. I like that name. And he's like, this Um, is my friend Champlain. So loud. (laughs) To wrap it up, we had a good time. We had a great time. (laughs) And one thing about the Olsen twins, they are going to cash a check. So deal with it. (laughs) Is it worth watching? Yeah. I would say yes. (laughs) I don't think that it contributed to the genre in any level of (laughs) impact. And I also don't think that it's good. But Mm -hmm. I would watch it again, like, for vibes. Because, yeah, the vibes are so strong. Yeah. Fun soundtrack. And because the DP decided to just literally go insane on this movie. Yep. You don't get bored except for in, like, the 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 B-plot parts. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I I also would watch it for for vibes. Even though when you watch it on the link that we used, it's, like, the crunchiest video quality possible. And the sound only comes through in one channel. On the right side. Yep. Good time. I'm gonna have to buy that shit. <laughs> Spend the fifteen dollars just out of respect. Yeah, it deserves a real screening. <laughs> Seriously, we have to demand a screening. Shall we give them the information? Yes. All okay, right. so you can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audriana Leach on everything. And you can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on Instagram. And I have once again opened my good Twitter at Lana Von Trapp because I just missed it. So you can follow me on that. Or if you want to follow my like legit girl producer Twitter, it's Hannah Ray Leach. I haven't tweeted on it in months because I don't give a shit currently. So you can check out our merch at tubingproductions.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. I also forgot to mention, you can join our Discord server at the link in the episode description. We cordially invite you to do that. And if you loved Holiday in the Sun as a kid, please send this episode to a friend, your sibling, your mom, whoever, and leave us a review letting us know what movies you'd like to see us cover. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Will Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.
This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.